The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, we have a returning guest, Nathan Metcalf of Rockin' NT Mules from Waddell, Arizona. And he's also a contributor to Mules and More magazine. Nate, thanks for coming back on. Hey, Cindy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you're, you are such a, a very good contributor to the show, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And... Uh, I understand that this week we're going to be talking about the bracing mule, the mule that gets rigid in his body. Uh, so explain that. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I mean, you got to kind of define the term brace um, a little bit. And basically all that is, uh, brace is resistance, whether it's in the, the mule's face, shoulders, neck, ribs, etc., um, it, it, that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it can show up in anything from catching to leading to loading and, and you know, mostly when, when riding. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. So, so we look at it as, um, and the reason I, I you know, I, I think it's good to talk about, um, you know, I, the last few months I, I have seen a lot of bracing and, and I don't know why, but it's just something that really has piqued my interest over over the course of a few weeks so I think it's worth talking about and um, and when we talk about it and we're talking about a tension that that runs through the mule and it causes the mule to stiffen in its movement mm, you know right. it begins in their mind so when I refer to the brace of the mule I'm, I'm kind of speaking to the to the block in their mind that that prevents them from using their body correctly you know, if you think about it, the outside of a mule is the manifestation of the inside. Mm. So a brace and a mule kind of refers to the resistance in their mind as well. So how old are these mules that you are seeing this occur in? <laughs> Every age. Oh, um, okay. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, you know, it's not specific to older ones. I, I have got a couple of young ones that I've been working with as well in the three and four year old range that they're they're very bracy, especially in the face. So, um, how do you work with that? I mean, when you when you see that in a mule, you don't know what happened to them to cause them to take on that attitude or that concept. So, I mean, how do you work with them to work with that? You kind of have to understand where it comes from. Um, when you when you're looking at fixing any problem with these mules, you get to understand in a sense what causes it, because you you, you want to get to the root of it. You don't want to try and you know put a bandaid over it. So that's not going to last you. But if you if you look at one of the major reasons for for it, my opinion, I, I feel it's just a lack of communication between between the mule and and, and the owner. You know, and, and the mule doesn't understand what's what's being asked, and that's kind of usually where where that braciness starts. And I've seen people actually, you know, kind of teach their mule to brace because he didn't understand the question, and then we quickly kind of overface that mule and put them into a situation that they're not really comfortable with and not giving them a base of support. So I kind of feel that that is, you know, the owner's job as a leader to train that mule in a way that the mule understands and takes the time that the mule needs. And, and I mean, I, 
you know, even with problem mules, you know, I think issues like their people say they're stubborn or belligerent and unwilling, I think all that kind of stems from uh, inability to communicate to the mule. So it doesn't make you know, it doesn't negate the, the fact that there are some tough-minded meals out there. Yeah, and, right. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, more than, than some people can work with, I get that. And going through and fixing this stuff, when people try to do fix it, it's I, it, what I see commonly is when people do try to attempt to fix a brace is um, they don't go back and redefine the definition of things like, you know, redefine you know how, how that halters you know or or the reins or or anything like that and you kind of you know where the majority of, of those bracing problems start and you'll see people try to get a little bit creative with their methods and in, in order to make that mule lighten up to their their request you know with bigger bits or tie downs or other different things um to get that mule's body to do what what we're asking so and it gets you know bigger bigger pressures um you know, but things like that. But, you know, when, when when you're going about fixing it, a lot of people just try to get stronger with what they're asking. I mean, it doesn't address the cause of it, you know. If, for example, you know, if you're, if you're backing up, and that's where I see a lot of mules get crazy, and you'll see people pull with both reins, and, and the mule kind of gets locked up, and then the rider will pull a little bit harder, and then the mule stays kind of locked up. But, you know, some people may not understand how, how important it is to release when, when, when that bracing mule tries to give even just a little bit. And they may not understand how important the timing of that release is. And I think we expect too much at once or ask for too much too soon, which can make those mules brace even more. Well, that makes sense. And it's sort of like, um, it's like you, you think maybe the mule didn't hear you or he's not responding and he just, uh, so you get louder. You get louder with your demands and that doesn't help right. any, yeah. So where do we go from here? I mean, so you really... Yeah, I, I mean, you know, to, to, to get some help, you know, with, with, those, um, with those issues. Um, if you look at it from a fixing standpoint, you know, I think the best way to deal with it, start on the ground and, and re-look at, you know, earning that, that leadership. You know, you, you know, they'll, they'll kind of define that leadership a little bit as your ability to direct their mind and thoughts, you know, um, and kind of as well as the mule's face, you know, where its body is in relation to yours. You, know, you got to kind of help that mule understand that the lead rope, the most basic thing, is something to soften to. And I think a lot of mules have been taught to brace on the ground through through what the lead rope releases on. So, you know, I, I, you gotta, I think the mule should soften in their head you know, to the lead as well as soften forward calmly at that at walk or trot. So, you know, going back to the to the beginning there and kind of reestablishing that, I think, is a huge first step. A lot of people make the error or they think that, you know, giving treats, I think over-treating your meal or giving them treats to get their whatever, to win them over to speak, um, he's not focused on you. He's focused on the actual food that he's eating yeah i i i don't know a whole lot about tree training um you know some people have you know a lot of success at it because they know how to do it correctly without you know losing that focus and stuff like that myself i don't okay um, you know and not to say that you know if i get a really really difficult one in um 
you know, and, and let's say that that particular mule might have a real problem with picking up a foot or something like that. He does it good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I might give him a cookie, you know? <laughs> so, well, yeah, um, that, and, and, and it sort of, it, it motivates that chewing motion, that licking and chewing. So, right. yeah, yeah, so that and, is and good. Only, yeah, in extreme cases, I might do something like that once in a great while. But, I, you know, I just, I guess I'm not smart enough to do it without getting myself in trouble, you know. So so, so the young mules that learn how to brace or they take to mm-hmm. that, um, I guess the quicker you, you resolve that or recognize that to get them on the right path, then... The, the better you are in your training program or you're farther ahead. Yeah, and I, I think with cults, I think the biggest thing is to make the first impression a good one. And I think you, you really have to be your best to avoid getting into a, a, a fight or a tug of war with one of those cults right off the bat because mm. they do remember. Right, they do. And, you know, and you have to, you have to ask for a little and work from there. And yeah, I feel if it's rushed, I think the cult will remember for a long time and they be, kind of become numb to it. Eventually, he will brace against the pull and not give it all. Mm, right. You know, I, I I stress so much that, you know, in working with, with these young mules and any mule, you know, that timing is everything. And I'm especially working with the younger ones. The quicker you can release when the correct response is achieved, the faster the mule will learn and build from there. And if we hold for too long, then that cult kind of thinks that maybe his response wasn't right. And he looks for a different way out, you know, like, you know, kind of back up, rearing, bracing, so on. And, you know, and, and working with them, you absolutely have to remember when they give to you, you got to give back. I mean, and a little of that goes a long way. And teaching that, you know, you will not brace or any mule not to brace is the first thing I work on, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, they can't. They can't separate softness in their body from peace of their mind. So they either understand the yield to your cues as a basis of training, or the cues are something that the mule will simply deal with and brace against as soon as they worry, you know, or they become uncertain or get confused. If at the beginning of the training, you know, we're able to teach that mule that softness is a way of life, so to speak, I think will be minimum bracing throughout the training process. Interesting. And the confusing part of that, <laughs> outwardly, and this is this is where you know you you really benefit from being able to read your mule. But I say it a thousand times a day: the best training tool you have is the ability to read your animal. And people will get in trouble with it because it'll appear that they're getting what we want to some degree, but the mule won't be doing it correctly to the best of his ability, and he won't be connected to you or following your leadership. So. A mule that is light but isn't soft has basically learned how to get the confusing, worrisome person to shut up. But it's not, you know, it's not communication in any real sense. So, yeah, again, you gotta, you gotta be careful. You don't want to overtrain it, you know. And by that I mean, if you have a mule that that tries really hard, you know, a few times, like if I'm asking one to stop or turn around or something, I, I don't do it you know, a thousand times until he messes up, you know, because then at that point I have to fight with him about it. Instead, I'll be one step at a time and, and gradually build on that. You know, if he gets confused, I can go back to where he's comfortable and start again. There you go. You know, you got to keep, you know, you got to keep in mind a mule that's confident and willing is one that you can depend on regardless of your situation. 
So that, those, you gotta, you got to be real mindful of that stuff. And it depends on the mule, I think, because I had a mule years ago that when I introduced her to hunter-jumper mm-hmm. lessons, she just, I mean, we could go for over an hour. The mule really, really got into it and liked it. And then the days that she got bored, I'd be taking a lesson, and then we'd ask her to go over a jump, and then she would duck out and refuse. And then she would do a full circle. Of course, she, you know, pulled right through my hands, and then would mm-hmm. go over a jump that I didn't ask her to do. <laughs> so, again, so on some days, it's like, well, I'm going to show you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I mean, I, I get it, you know, and that's, and that's part of, you know, understanding, you know, the animal that you have, understanding what their thresholds are and, and knowing, knowing how far you can go. So, yeah. you know, again, just, just stuff to pay attention to. So, um, no doubt you're busy and you've got several mules that you are working with. And so will you be taking in any more mules soon or are you taking a list or? Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm pretty selective on what I'm taking in just because, I mean, I, uh, what I don't do is take a whole bunch of mules in and get a whole bunch of mules okay and send them on their way home. I only, you know, I want to focus on my quality. So I just bring a couple in and I work to, you know, they're really good. And, and, you know, I feel comfortable, you know, putting, putting anybody on them before they leave. Um, that's, that's kind of how I do it. So I don't, I don't deal a whole lot with quantity. Um, as far as training goes, I'm, I'm more after, you know, quality. So, but with that, I'm, I'm pretty selective. Um, okay. the type of mule, um, you know, I, I, the, the days of, you know, the real bumpy ones and ones that like to buck all over the place and stuff, I, I don't really mess with those too much anymore. Um, but for the most part, um, a lot of the mules that are coming in here, are, a lot of them have a lot of anxiety and, you know, they don't, they don't understand some things. And so we teach them how to, how to relax and get through the process and, and soften them up. And we spend a lot of time with the owners, I think just about as much as we do with the mules and teaching that owner, you know, how we got to where we got. So That is so cool. So to me, that, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. That sounds like to me that you're running a mule spa. You're going to let a them relax. Spa. Yeah. Mule spa. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so yeah, cool. Well, I mean, I, you know, kind of, it, it's one of those things I think, you know, a, a, a crucial aspect of training mules I think is making sure the owner's involved in the right. entire process and understands what's being taught to their animal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the hardest thing that, not all, but I, I think a lot of trainers in the industry face is that, yeah, you know, we can get your mill to operate the right way, you know, and I, and I can definitely get it to do what you brought it here to do. But I think there's a gap there in, in that I need you to leave with the right tool to overcome any issues once the training is over and your mule is at home. And that's that's where we see a big disconnect. You know, we, yeah. we require the clients to, to, to spend as much time as they need understanding, you know, how we train that mule, how we got the mule to do what it does. Good. And, it, and I'm not, and, you know, notice I didn't say, say ride the mule, but, you know, I, you know, for me, I need someone or the owner to understand how I trained it and got it to do what you wanted it to do. In essence, I'm, I'm teaching you what techniques I use to get there. The reason, you know, I, I do that, um, you know, if, if there is a slight chance 
that, that someone, you know, may want to do something different with their mule down the road other than trail ride or whatever it is that they brought it here for. I think having the basics of training mules will go a long way in getting people there by basics. You know, I'm, I'm talking about learning how mules think, you know, learning how mules react to different training scenarios, learning how to read your animal, right. understand, you know, pressure and release, you know, and most importantly, recognize when, when you're the one causing any issues with your Right. And so, I mean, as a rector, a trainer, I mean, you know, we, we, we have to, we have to commit, you know, to that pursuit of knowledge, you know, and, and things don't always go as planned and things might not always click, you know, but when it all comes together, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, so, you know, teaching people these different tools, um, you know, it helps them get to the next level. Plus it gives them a, a way to problem solve out of something. You know, if, they, if they're out to a ride and then something comes up and the mule gets bothered or, you know, has a little spook or something, they, they'll have those tools. Or if it's not, you know, doing things the way that they want it done, they have those tools how to problem solve out of that situation. Okay. And they'll get in a fight with that mule. Okay, Nate. You're on Facebook. and I am on Facebook. You're busy. I can tell. And you, if people want to get, <laughs> if they want to get in touch with you, uh, please give out your number again. Yeah, no, it's 63-692-8600. Okay, great. Hey, um, before I let you go, I wanted to let everybody know that we are going to be going live with the show. So we're going to have people, we're going to have a format where people can call in and ask their questions to you. So Sign me up. I'm ready. Yeah, thank you. It's going to take me another week um, before I get it nailed down. We will have that format set up soon, and I'm so excited. So whenever you're you're the guest on the show, so it'll have to be when you can do it, of course. So okay. um, so anyway, yeah, I'll have a call-in number, so we will be getting that prepared, and we're getting such good compliments about your con- contribution to Mule Talk. So it's all good. The spirit of the Wild West lives on in my latest book, Desperados of the Wagons West Expedition. I rode with descendants of notorious outlaws, mule skinners, horse thieves, brothel workers, and Texas rangers that gathered at the Embar Ranch in Reserve, New Mexico. And so I documented their story. This is a modern day dime store novel published by Every Cowgirl's Dream. It's captivating and exciting to read. It's available at everycowgirlsdream.com, Amazon Books, and other participating outlets. Giddy up and get your copy today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email. Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. 